All right, we are in our series, Full Access. I'm so excited to be able to share today just a little bit um, around that whole theme of full access. I came across the study the other day. It was a study done by Harvard University, and it was an in-depth study completed over a time span of about 75 years. So that's a really, really long study. So it spanned 75 years, and it was asking this question. What is the secret? What is the key to a happy life? Who would like to know the secret or the key to a happy life? Well, it tracked the lives of hundreds of people um, across all walks of life, different educations, different experiences for 75 years. And the number one key that was discovered that would ensure uh, that you would live a happy life was this. So this was the result from the Harvard study, that above all else, value love. And in that, there are two pillars of happiness. One is love. And the second key is to find a way of living life that doesn't push love away. How incredible is that? Above all else, value love. And I think that second one is is a little bit strange. Find a way of living life that doesn't push love away. Well, if love is the secret, the key to living a happy life, why on earth would we want to push love away? Well, today, as you know, as I've said, we're doing full access. And so I'm going to park uh, those earlier questions for just a little bit. And right now, I want us to just look at the definition of that word access. So the dictionary definition is this. Access is the ability, the right, the permission to approach, to enter, to speak with, to use, to have admittance, to make contact with, and to be able to reach. That's what access is. And tonight, or sorry, today, as we talk about full access, I don't necessarily want to land on how we can fully access the things that God has for us. Actually, today, I want to talk about perhaps how God or how we might be able to allow God to have full access to our hearts. Because I think sometimes we can walk along in our Christian journeys or in our journeys walking with God and we can want to grab hold of the promise, grab hold of the breakthrough, grab hold of the blessing, but actually we're finding ourselves coming up against perhaps a limit And so today, I want us just to pause, and I want to invite you to be brave today, and maybe allow God a fuller access to your heart, to allow Him to come in, and Him to speak, or comfort, encourage, challenge, create. And so today, I wonder if you might give God the right or access to maybe some hidden things, maybe a hidden dream that you haven't told anyone about, or maybe even a hidden shame that you've never dared to speak about. Maybe you'd like to give God fuller access or the right to access or to approach 
some failures or disappointments. Maybe we can allow God to enter and to speak with us on our deepest heart levels about the things that concern us. Or maybe we can allow God to make contact with some wounds. Or maybe we can just allow him to reach the parts of us that are hurt or angry or confused. But today I want to encourage us that maybe together we can give God fuller access to our hearts. Why? Because as we've heard earlier, well, God is love. And above all else, we should value love. That's the only way. That's the only way to kind of walk through life and find a a meaning or purpose, happiness even. It's love. And when I was a teenager, I learned that God is love. And actually, one of my pastors uh, suggested that maybe I should go to 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, and I should look at that chapter, the love chapter, and I should replace the word love with God, because God is love. And so I've done that tonight for us. And if you could maybe uh, close your eyes, if you like, or just listen as I read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. In this different way, God is patient and kind. God is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. God does not demand his own way. God is not irritable and God keeps no record of being wronged. God does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. God never gives up. God never loses faith. God is always hopeful and God endures through every circumstance. Love is everything. And without it, we have nothing. And so today, I'm asking you, maybe you could allow God to have full access to your life. Maybe you've walked with God for a long time. And as as we've heard earlier through this Harvard study, we've gone through life, through challenges, through circumstances, and perhaps it's made you hold back a little bit or hesitate a little bit. Maybe it's caused you to protect yourself so you don't get hurt again in the same way. And maybe today you can allow God, love, into that space, into your life. And so we're going to go to the Word of God now. And uh, this is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I do. I say that a lot about a lot of stories in the Bible, but this really is one of my favorites. And we're going to look at a character in, in the Bible. Her name is Hannah. And she's in a space where there's a wrestle, there's a difficulty, there's a limitation, there's a challenge that's very, very difficult. And in this space, she chooses to give God full access to her life in the limitation, in the hard space. She gives God full access and we see that what happens as a result is that there is a miracle. So if you can turn in your Bibles to First Samuel and chapter one. Uh, Verses two and three says this, Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. 
Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies. The priests of the Lord at the time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas. So let me just set the scene for us today. Uh, there's Elkanah, he's got two wives. I don't recommend that that's a thing you should do, but he had two wives. And uh, two the women at that time, uh, in terms of a cultural context, part of their uh, mission or part of their living on earth or their meaningful living on earth had meant that they, they would be women who would produce an heir, produce children. And so there are two women, Alkina's uh, wives, Hannah and Panina. Panina could have children. Panina could do what she, uh, one of the meaningful things she was put on the earth to do. She could give birth to children, and she did. Hannah, on the other hand, she did not. And this was something that, uh, that, that would have deeply, deeply burdened her, would have deeply challenged her. It would have deeply wounded her. And every day, Hannah would come into contact with a seeming failure. Why can't I have this blessing? Why can't I produce these children? Have you ever had kind of comments or thinking like that? Why can't I break through in this area? Why can't my family have this restoration? And so she's confronted with this conflict on the daily. It's not something she can ever have a rest from, but it's something that she's confronted with all the time. Now, to make matters worse, uh, this is what verse 5 says. And though he loved Hannah, that's Elkanah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Panina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. So to add insult to injury, not only is Hannah confronted by this lack, by this limitation, uh, not, not only does she live every day with this incredibly deep ache for something that seems to be out of reach, something that she seems to have no access to, someone, Panina, in her life would also taunt her and tease her. And so today, if you're taking notes, how do we give God more access to our lives? How do we live lives that ensure we don't push love away, but actually ensure that we keep our lives open to God? Well, number one is this, we've got to get into the right arena. Now, I say this because Panina here was the wrong arena, and if you're taking notes, we need to get away from or we need to get out of the Panina Arena. The Panina Arena is a terrible arena. The Panina Arena will have you comparing your limitation and your lack. The Panina Arena will taunt you, will tease you. The Panina Arena will have you comparing your life to other people's lives. Now, I want to speak to some young people here who are very proficient on social media and Instagram. Some of the accounts that you follow are a Panina Arena. You look at those accounts and all of reminds you of is what you lack of, of your flaws. It just reminds you and it taunts you and it teases you. And I think, come on, we need to get out of the Panina arena. Sometimes we need to block or we need to unfollow some of those accounts. Now, if you're not on Instagram, now this is, this is really common for all of us, for all of humanity. We've got to ignore, we've got to not engage with the Panina arena. And that's what Hannah did. 
Nowhere do I read that Hannah engaged with Penina anywhere. She may have, but that's not what we read. Instead, it says that Hannah went to God and she went to the tabernacle and she was reduced to tears and she poured out her heart before God. We need to get out of the Penina arena and we need to get into the God arena. It says this, Um, In verse, let me just find it here. It it says this in verse 11, uh, 1 Samuel 1 and verse 11. And she, Hannah, made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies. And I just want to pause there at that phrase, O Lord of heaven's armies. That phrase in the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew, it's the first time that that phrase appears in the Old Testament. Prior to 1 Samuel, it's not, uh, it's, it's not said, O Lord of heaven's armies, in that particular way. Now, the reason why it's the first time that it's said is it combines the personal word, the personal name for God, and the sovereignty of God all in one phrase. And I think that's amazing because the God arena is not necessarily an arena that we find in the middle of a Sunday service where it's a corporate gathering. The God arena in this space is often a space that's really personal. It's the space where maybe you found, we found ourselves in another lockdown And we don't have access to the communities around us as we used to have. And it's the God arena where we get on our knees and we open up our hearts to God and we let him know our frustration, our questions, our dreams, our hopes, and we pour them out to God. And when we're wanting to give God full access, I think that's really important. It's so important to move from the Panina arena, but not just to stay in no man's land, but to get into that space where God is both personal and powerful. So I want to encourage you, wherever you find your heart today or yourself today, maybe you can take an opportunity today to get into that God space, that God arena, and let him know what's going on in your heart. So number one is that, get in the right arena. Number two is this, we've got to get the right backing, okay? So if we're going to give God a fuller access to our heart, it's about getting the right backing. So verse eight says this, this is Elkanah speaking to Hannah. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? No, no, it isn't. And I read that scripture and I do, I do chuckle a little bit. But here is this well-meaning man who says, oh, why are you so sad, Hannah? Why are you so downcast? You have me. Isn't that all that you need? And I think intuitively we all know that actually, no, it's not. 
Um, going back to verse 11, where Hannah says this vow, she cries before the Lord of heaven's armies. And she says, God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. The actual, the verse 11, that vow that she says, it's a, it's called a Nazarite vow, and it's a particular kind of vow. It's the vow that a, a someone would give, uh, a, a woman would give, a promise she would make. And as she made this promise, actually it was important that the promise received partnership. So she would have to go home. If, you, if you're interested, you can find it in Numbers 30. Uh, she would have to go and she would speak to her husband about this vow that she just made. And if her husband agreed with her or partnered with her, then it was done. If her husband did not partner with her, then it would not be done. And so this is really interesting. And I read this and I find this very interesting because it's important that we understand that we should have the partnership of other people people, but people do not produce the promise. Actually, it's important that we know people partner with us, but actually the promise happens because of heaven's power, because of God's love, because of God's grace, because of God's goodness. And so we need to have the right people around us, but we've also got to understand that only God can produce the miracle. And that's why I love Hannah, because she went to God. She understood that she knew the partnership of people was important, but she went to God, kind of like the story of the, uh, the, the, the man who was paralyzed and his four friends, they carried him to Jesus. And I love that. We need partnership and friends like that who aren't necessarily just going to sit there and say, poor you, but they're going to say, hey, I don't know what to do in this situation, I, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to carry you to Jesus. I'm going to climb any wall and pull down any roof and I'm going to get you to Jesus. But once you get to Jesus, then that's your business with God. And again, it's, this, it's, it's another example of identifying again. Actually, it's important to have people with you. So important. But we also must understand that only God produces the promise. Only God can bring that breakthrough. Only heaven's backing can produce the shift that we're wanting to see us in our life, that we're wanting to see in our lives. If not, we can put some God-sized expectations on the people around us. We can put God-sized expectations on our spouse or on our friends, on our co-workers, on our boss. And if we do that, it will fail every time. Or they will fail us every time because they're human. But if we partner with the right people and walk knowing that we have the backing of heaven, then we know God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that if things don't turn out the way we thought they were going to turn out, that's okay. We still hope. We still believe. We still trust because our hope is not in a result. Our hope is in a person and that is the person of Jesus. And his love never fails never gives up and never runs out. Maybe today, Holy Spirit is just identifying in your life where maybe you've relied too much on people to make the promise happen. 
And maybe now is a moment of surrender where you're saying, okay, God, I'm so thankful for people who agree with me on the promise, who partner with me. But right now I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you, God, to provide for my family. I'm coming to you, God, to heal my heart. I'm coming to you, God, to make this dream come true. I'm coming to you, God, to, 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 to sort out my finances. I'm coming to you, God. And maybe giving God full access to your life, that's what it looks like. And lastly, the last a point I want to share today about giving God full access to our hearts. Uh, point number three is to get going. So we get in the right arena, we get the right backing, and then we get going. Uh, verse 19 says this, uh, Hannah's entire family, they got up early the next morning and they went to worship the Lord once more. And then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. I think today is a Hannah moment for some people. I think today, as we open our hearts and give God fuller access, as we get in the right arena, as we have the right partnerships, but understand only with heaven's backing, but also as we get going. Verse 19 says that they got up, they worshiped God, and then they went home. And, you know, the, the I, I did a quick Google search. The journey from... Um, from Shiloh, where they were, to Ramah, was just a one-day journey. It wasn't a three-month journey. It wasn't a week-long journey. It was just one day. And I just reckon, you know what? <laughs> we, in some, we, we just need to get going. We just need to get moving. If, if, we, if we're walking in the understanding and knowing that we have heaven's backing, I don't think we need to wait for five more confirmations, for three more signs from God, for another prophetic word from our e-group leader. I think it's time today to take a very brave and courageous step forward and say, okay, I'm gonna walk this out. That's what Hannah did. I'm gonna walk this out as if the promise is already done. And I understand the vulnerability that that requires. And I understand the courage and the bravery that that requires to say, okay, it hasn't happened yet, but I'm gonna get going. It's actually really important that giving God full access to our heart isn't just a mind exercise, but it's something that we embody with all of us, that we've gotta take an actual step forward in the right direction that says, God, I'm shifting and I'm moving now so you might be able to move on our behalf or on my family's behalf or on, on your own personal behalf. And maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking or you know that there are 
there's a hesitation. I want to get going, but I, I'm afraid or I don't know how. But I'm unsure. I, I, don't have, I don't have clarity on where I should take a step. I, I really want to pray right now for you. If that's you, if you know that there's that hesitation in taking a step forward, First John says that there is no fear in love, but perfect love, perfect love, the kind of love that only comes from the Father, perfect love drives out all fear. And I'm not here to give you a three-step strategy. I I just want to pray that the perfect love of God would come into your heart and into your life. And from that place of relationship, from that place of love, you might be able to hear from God what the next step is for you. And so right now, if that's you, you know, I want to step forward, but I hesitate. Allow me just to pray for you wherever you are. You might want to lift your hand. You might want to close your eyes. And just as I pray right now, Father, you know the reasons why each of us may be hesitant. You know the reasons why we might want to hold back. But Father, I just pray for every heart who acknowledges that limitation or that hesitation, that you would come and minister to them right where they are right now. Father, they'd be able to know and sense your gentle, loving kindness. Father, that they would know they are safe. And even though a step may be risky, God, you're never going to leave them. You're never going to forsake them. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And so I pray that as your perfect love comes into their hearts, comes into those areas of hesitation or fear, I just thank you that your perfect love will drive out fear and God, joy would begin to rise and, and, and goodness will begin to rise and hope will begin to rise and peace will begin to rise where fear used to live. We thank you, Jesus. Hey, I'd like to pray one more time today. And I'd like to just pray for anyone who's tuning in today and you you feel like maybe in that first point, you're not quite in the God arena. (laughs) Maybe you don't have relationship with God. Maybe you've walked away. One of my favourite stories, again, is Luke 15. It's the story of the prodigal son, the lost son. 
And if you read that scripture, it says many, many times that when the son comes to his senses, after he's run away, after he's decided, I want to do life on my own. I want to, I want to, I have to protect myself. I have to uh, do things for myself. I have to go at it on my own. And he realizes that that's not a way to live. It says four times, he says that the son chose, he says, I need to go home to my father. And then verses on, so the son went home to his father and it keeps repeating again and again. And I just love that whole sense of of getting in that God arena, of, of having relationship with God. It's about coming home. It's about coming home to a space where you know you're accepted and you're loved with all of your flaws. It's about not living, just trying to uh, do things and make things work and make things happen and get another degree or jump into another relationship to try and fix the stuff that's going on on the inside. Actually coming home is about rest and peace and belonging and knowing that doesn't matter what you have or don't have or do or don't do, that's where you belong. And in Luke 15, it's obvious that home is not a place. Home is a person, and that is the Father. That's Jesus. And today, maybe you know you need to come home to Jesus. You've been walking on your own long enough. And you're saying in your heart, actually, yeah, I need to come home. I want to give Jesus full access to all of my life. And if that's you, I'd love to pray with you right now. And how we're going to pray together is I'm going to pray a line. And all you've got to do is pray the line after me. Repeat the words. But when you repeat the words, you repeat them with all the faith and all the belief you have in your heart. Let's pray together. Dear Jesus, I thank you for bringing me here to the place where I open up my heart and I let you in. Thank you for dying on the cross so I can live. Thank you that I am home. Thank you that I can live life with you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen.